You guys caught me right in the middle of fixing my hair. Oh, my. I wasn't ready yet. Hold on a second. <laughs> uh, good afternoon. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Backstep. This is Ronnie Kay in uh, New York. And, uh, of course, my partner, Tommy A., is out there in New Mexico. Not old Mexico, but New Mexico. And uh, we got a, 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 a very distinguished guest with us and an old-time friend. And we're so glad he's with us today, uh, Mike West. And we'll get to Mike in a second. Tommy, what's going on in your end of the world? Uh, it's been hot, uh, not as smoky as you guys have been over in New York City. Looks like uh, you're having trouble seeing some of the high rises from that uh, smoke coming down from Canada. But uh, all all is well. We're geared up and uh, getting ready for the uh, wild Fourth of July here. Yes, same same here. Uh, we got our, our fireworks and explosives guys. They're down at the piers and they're loading up the barges. You know, Macy sponsors a big show every year on East River, and uh, they're there getting ready. And uh, as far as the smoke from Canada, uh, I think we're going to put in a grievance soon. You know, we're going to send them a grievance and say, "Hey," because they chose not to put the fires out. Is what they told what they told our government that they're not going to put the fires out because they don't care. It's burning in some wild area that doesn't affect people and it doesn't affect homes or buildings. So. They're just going to let them burn. So they get 400 separate fires, and they decide they're going to let 200 of them go and try to tackle the other 200, you know. So uh, I say we mobilize a half a million guys with big feet from the United States and send them up there and stomp the damn thing out because uh, I will tell you, two weeks ago, it literally looked like Mars. New York City looked wow. like Mars. It was an orange haze over the city. It was eerie. It looked like the end of the world was coming, man. I tell you, it was crazy. It was crazy. So instead of talking about all that b- baloney, let's. Uh, we got our guest on, and, and he's only got a, a short amount of time. So, Tommy, I'll turn it over to you, and you kick it off with Mike West, and we'll keep going. Mike, uh, for those that don't know you, you're currently the chief of the uh, Front Range uh, Fire District up in uh, Colorado. And uh, you and I were having a conversation on the phone a, a couple days ago, and uh, you brought up a project that uh, – you guys have been working on and uh, had the opportunity to go uh, see some of it action on firefighter meditation. And and I got to tell you, after you and I talked on the phone the other day, I was a little skeptical and uh, not that I'm a non-believer in a lot of stuff. As you know, I'm not cynical being an original Jersey guy, but uh, I, I thought it'd be an interesting uh, subject to bring you on and have you chat about it now you've uh, fitted into your organization? Well, that's, a, that's a really good segue. A uh, uh, lot of stuff. And, and uh, ironically, Ronnie, I was, uh, I was in New York City two weeks ago when it looked like Mars. I was in lower Manhattan. And uh, right. I, I agree. That's, that's exactly what it looked like. Just this orangest, orange, red, weird kind of vibe it was it was strange it was it was strange to be walking around and watching so many of the locals actually stopping to look up and take pictures and and do all that so, <laughs> so. yeah it was, like, it was like being on mars right yeah yeah it really was it really was so uh what what tommy's talking about is uh our our organization has just started a pilot program in transcendental meditation and uh, kind of give you just a little bit of background how that started was um, I, I certainly have, uh, like, like I think most uh, firefighters have been around for a long time. Uh, we, we, we know that we should be doing things. We should be eating better. 
We should be sleeping better. We should be taking care of ourselves, working out, uh, whether we're the brand new probie or with the experienced person. Uh, that's how we're going to have a long, happy, healthy career. And that's how we're going to uh, have, a, hopefully, a long, happy, healthy retirement. And along the ways over the last couple of years, uh, one of the things that keeps coming up is uh, meditation. We should be meditating. And I don't know if, how you guys feel about that, but you know, when I think about meditation, you know, I, I think about I'm in a robe and there's incense and I'm, you know, I'm doing chants or something like that. And of course, that's that's not in as a Jersey guy. That is not in my uh, uh, my DNA, let's say. <laughs> so somewhere along the way, you know, I'm, I'm trying like a, again, like lots of you with the phones, with uh, YouTube and apps and those types of things and uh, headspace and calm and all of these things. And not, I I don't even know if I'm doing it right, you know? So along the way, uh, probably about six months ago, I was listening to a podcast with a with a couple of guys that I, I really do respect. And one of them says to the other, he says, hey, do you meditate? And I, I perked up just a little bit because I'm, again, I had this interest. And the guy says, yeah, I do. And he says, what kind of meditation do you do? He says, I do uh, transcendental meditation, TM. And, and that was a new term to me. And, and the guy who would ask the question says, uh, as a matter of fact, I do as well. And they talk about it. Well, next thing I know, I'm on a Google search like we all do. And I'm starting to find, you know, what is this TM? Well, when you start looking into it, it's got a tremendous amount of history. It's been, been really around since the 50s. Uh, although it's based on some some ancient type stuff. And in the 60s, uh, which all of us remember, some of us more than others, um, in the 60s, it became really popular. The guy who popularized it kind of uh, started getting some celebrities into it, including the Beatles. And the Beatles uh, tribute their success on the White Album to the fact that uh, all of the Beatles were practicing TM at the time. Uh, a lot of um, uh, well-known writers, artists, as well as business people, uh, as I got into the research, are doing this. So I signed up for a class, put myself through the class, did it. It's a four-day class, very simple, about an hour or so a day. And I start meditating. I start doing this. And it's a super simple way of meditating. Well, of course, like, like anyone, uh, any one of us would have done, I start thinking, I wonder if this has got some benefits for firefighters. So I do a quick search back to Google. Do firefighters, is there any fire departments doing TM? And uh, Ronnie will, will know right away where I'm going with this. Uh, Commissioner Sal Cassano is the national representative, the chairman for a TM in firefighters initiative hmm. and uh, had brought it to the FDNY as a part of the counseling services unit. And so uh, just two weeks ago, I met with uh, the FDNY CSU and saw how they were utilizing the program. Uh, the program that we're using is sponsored by the David Lynch Foundation. He's a well-known director, producer of films, and he's brought and put in a lot of money and brought in donors that take care of kind of underprivileged, uh, underserved populations, as well as veterans, cops, and firefighters. So that kind of got us going down this road. And we've just put uh, a pilot program together 
And about a month and a half ago, we put our first first class on for a group of firefighters here at, at Front Range, Tommy. Cool. And uh, have you actually, uh, you sent your guys out for some training. How'd, uh, how'd the feedback from that uh, work out? Well, pretty good. And I'll get to the feedback in just a second. There were, there were really, you know, we, we talked about what are our goals? Like, why would firefighters want to meditate? Like, what, what purpose would that serve uh, for us? And again, all of the viewers have, have either experienced this or they know the brothers or sisters that are experiencing this. We have such an epidemic right now going on with post-traumatic stress. And uh, a lot of agencies are using TM as a way to reduce post-traumatic stress. In fact, the VA is teaching classes in, in TM to help veterans that have, have not been successful with medication or other treatments, and they're having a, a great deal. Um, I think we all know in the fire service we're experiencing some morale issues, mandatory overtime, uh, workload on the back end of the pandemic, all of those types of things, we're seeing morale issues. Um, being a little bit more resilient and more adaptive to change as the fire service is changing in some of our some of our agencies. Improving sleep, uh, there's a direct connection to sleep deprivation and cancer. Again, an epidemic in a fire service. Uh, we know that so many of our brothers and sisters are suffering cancer because of the toxic stuff that we're breathing, but also our bodies aren't as adapt uh, as adept at taking care of those things when we're sleep deprived. Uh, reducing blood pressure, right? 50% of the brothers that are dying each and every year are dying from uh, cardiac related issues. Um, and I think uh, for, for all of us as chief officers, uh, we know that that we're looking for making better decisions under stress. So each of those areas is what we were looking at at Front Range Fire. Can we improve those areas? So uh, six weeks into the program right now, uh, all of the members have been surveyed that have gone through the training. Are you still meditating? You're still doing it twice a day. And of this list of, of, of things, are you seeing benefits? And we ask them things like sleep. Are you seeing uh, better resting heart rates? Are you seeing uh, improved communication with your coworkers, with your spouse, what have you? And what we found was that 60 plus percent are sleeping better, 40% are seeing increases or improvements in their blood pressure, and 100% are finding one or more of those benefits. So that's pretty, that's pretty powerful. And uh, so it's, it's worth the price of admission. Of course, we'll see how that goes over time. So I, I got a question or two, Mike. So is this something that, that they would be, that they're doing um, every seven days a week, twice a day, or just at work, or is it all the time and, and that kind of stuff? You know, what, what's the frequency? Yeah, so the goal and, and uh, one of the things I'll share with you is that TM and many of these types of meditation are, are studied by scientists, doctors, uh, et cetera. Uh, TM seems to be about the most studied form of, uh, of meditation. And what they have found is that the best results come from twice a day, seven days a week, that that becomes a cumulative effect. So you're less stress at work 
if you're meditating off duty and on duty as, as well. No different than any workout type of a program, right? If you, if you only work out for those couple of days that you're in the firehouse, uh, those four days of, of eating bad and, and, and not doing something are going to, going to start to accumulate in bad ways. So the idea is that you're constantly doing that. Now, what I'll tell you is, uh, for me, I'm pretty good at doing it two days, a, uh, two times a day. Uh, but there are those days that the schedule just doesn't allow it. You know, you're, you're, you're busy and you get to the end of the day and you're like, I just need to go to sleep. And that's okay. One of the things that the, the, the instructors tell us is that, um, if you're working at it, if you're stressed about it, you're doing it wrong. Right? <laughs> and so, so, uh, it's a no stress kind of a thing. But yeah, that is, that is. <clears throat> so how, how long are the sessions, Mike? Is it 10 minutes? Is it five minutes? Is it an hour? So shooting for 20 minutes, that's the, again, the ideal time. Uh, but, uh, as, uh, uh, one of our instructors just said to me recently, he said, uh, you know, if, if, uh, the best you got is uh, two 10 minute sessions a day, that's, uh, that's, that's better than, than no sessions a day. You know, you know, I'm going to be looking this up right after the show. You know that, right? I, I know you will. And I'll send you plenty of good information. There's some, there's just some good, good stuff, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And, and and again, you know, one of the one of the beauties for your organization, which is what we're striving to do, is uh, that you know you call up the CSU at your place and you say, hey, I'm you know I'm a little bit stressed. I'm having some problems sleeping. Could I sign up for this class? And uh, and they'll offer those things up. And that's where we're trying to head with our organization. Um, a little bit more proactive for us. Before you, before you need the therapist, before you have some problems with some substance abuse, we want to give you that tool before you need it. Yeah, when I, when I, my last command when I was in Connecticut, um, the guy we worked the physical workouts in the gym. The guys called it prehab instead of rehab. They called it prehab. So in the, event they got a, in the event they got an injury or they got hurt, they yeah. would recover faster, and it proved itself out. You know, when guys were in tip top shape, when they got hurt, they came back to work sooner. You yeah. know, so we kind of called it, we termed it prehab. And, and uh, when I had to justify that money for to have that trainer come in twice a week, it, it worked. It absolutely worked. That's it. That, I love that term. I'm going to, I'm going to start using that one, Ronnie. That's thanks for sharing that. No patent on that, brother. You, you can use it. You can use it. That's for sure. Yeah. So um, I'm curious, Mike, how the, uh, the acceptance level amongst the troops has been. It looks to me like that's a pretty significant cultural shift. Of uh, you know, hanging out in the, the the kitchen and busting walls all uh, shift long. Uh, has it been uh, accepted? So, I think one of the things that is uh, that that I consider myself lucky is uh, four years ago. Uh, four years ago, uh, actually yesterday, when I when I uh, left my previous department and came up here, what I found was a, a bunch of young, motivated firefighters that just wanted to learn and do a great job. And they're open to ideas. Uh, we talk a lot about wellness. We talk a lot about cancer prevention. We try and do our very best to, to get ahead of, uh, you know, uh, some problems like PTS. And so things that we talk about routinely in this agency are what, what's out there? What's the next thing that we can try to be healthier? And so we right now, we have a waiting list to get into the next TM classes. I recognize that that's unusual for a lot of fire departments. I really do. 
Uh, but I do, I, I can't stress it enough that um, I, I do think that what's great about this program is it's not sitting in a therapist's office. And if you need to sit in a therapist's office, and I think we all do at different times, awesome. But boy, if I could just spend 20 minutes just with my eyes closed uh, and, and meditating, and that takes care of a lot of it, boy, that's that prehab that Ronnie's talking about. And so, so, this, so this agency has, has been really very receptive. So, when Mike, when you talk about the training course, is it is it's a training course to teach you how to do this? Is that what it is? Is that what it, it is? is? So you start out with a, it's one on one with an instructor for an hour on day one, and then it's one a, a group uh, session with the instructor for an hour on day two, three, and four, and that's a pretty uh, universal kind of a, a training um, curriculum, if you will, for this particular type of meditation. Um, it's it's super simple, but again, how do I know I'm doing it right? You know, no no one can can see what's going on in my. If I'm doing a workout and I'm doing a CrossFit workout or I'm doing something that there's a trainer that can see me do it and know know whether or not I'm I'm bending my back too much or what have you. With this, it gives you that opportunity to ask some questions. Hey, I just experienced this, or boy. I, I was, I thought I was meditating, but all these other thoughts were popping up and I'm thinking about what I'm going to cook for dinner. And I think about the dog barking and all that. Is that normal? So it gives you that opportunity to chat with the instructor and kind of work through it. Sounds pretty cool. We, we, um, I'm again, in my last command, same thing. The guys were pretty much open to, to, you know, what, what else can we do to stay fit, stay healthy? You know, so we had the trainer in twice a week and everybody, I'm telling I was the only extra large t-shirt in the firehouse. These guys, they were all, they were all athletes. Like, you know, we call them now, we call them occupational athletes. I mean, it, and again, with the trainer twice a week, they got to see, see her uh, twice a month. Every shift got to see her twice a month and she does a great job. And she, she has like six or eight fire departments in that area that she kind of just bounces around and does this work. Nice. Uh, and we've had nutritionists come in, which is, you know, as important or more important than the workout. You know, eating right, cooking right. You know, and, and they a couple of she came in a couple of times and she 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 emailed the um, the uh, the menu ahead of time and the guys went out shopping and she showed up at five o'clock and cooked dinner and, and said you you can have a good healthy dinner and it can taste good. You know, it doesn't have to be you know bland or or just you know you're eating just mushrooms all day or whatever. So with all of that, um, th she introduced yoga to these guys. So they would do their workout for 40 minutes or something with her, and she, she beat their balls in, man. It was, I could hear the screaming coming out of the gym, you know. And she didn't take any crap from these guys either. She was great. And uh -huh. she, uh, and then after one day, it got real quiet. So I figured they all killed each other. You know, what the hell do I know, right? So I kind of went over to the door, and I'm listening, and there's, there's nothing. So I said, wow, it's awful quiet here. But I didn't want to open the door for whatever reason. And uh, they came out 15 minutes later, and she stopped in, hi, Chief, and I said, I heard a massacre, and then it got quiet. I thought everybody was dead, you know, and she started laughing. She says, oh, we're doing yoga. At the end of the workout, I have them doing yoga, and I, and I asked the guys about it. And they said, it's the greatest thing in the world. They said, well, we want to admit it to, to our friends on the outside of our wives, but we're doing yoga, you know, and, and <laughs> it worked. I mean, it, it worked. They're still doing it. They're still doing it. You, you guys know, uh, I mean, we're all in the same generation in that when we started in this business, you know, when you, when you had a bad day, you saw something bad, 
you know, you go to choir practice and, uh, you know, kind of, <laughs> that was the look I was looking for. And, and you know, the, the power of being together was great. The, the, the thing that we messed up was we were drinking too much. Uh, we're getting into trouble. We're, you know, participating as, as uh, my therapist likes to say, some of that risky behavior, um, that, that, what I'm finding with this is that, hey, we can get together, we can do yoga, we can work out together, we can meditate together, and we're getting that benefit of being being with the brothers and sisters that have just experienced the same bad call or the same thing that we did. And like I said, if we get out of this job healthy, I'm yeah, in. But the, the thing is you could do all of that and not have a hangover the next day. Bonus. Right? Not have a hangover or – Put all the toxic stuff in your body that, that we tend to do when when things go bad. So yeah. I, 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 sounds good. Well, you know, I uh, I kind of enjoy uh, waking up screaming at three o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> well, we're we're just gonna let that one go, Tommy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting, and I, and you you kind of sparked my interest in it, Mike, when we talked the other day, and something I'm gonna need to do a little bit of research on, but, uh, you know, anything. And, and uh, I won't admit that, uh, you know, I suffer from some of the, the effects of PTSD, but, uh, I, it sounds like this may be a viable approach to dealing with some of that. So, so Mike, let me, let me ask you something. Did, is this coupled with, um, uh, a, a, a good physical fitness program? Cause this is another piece of, health, safety, uh, fitness, and all that? Is this just like you have a good workout program in the gym, you have this, you have, you know, healthy meals and all? Is this kind of like a holistic approach you guys are taking? It, it is. And we, we refer to it. We, we stole it from uh, obviously outside the fire service, but uh, these uh, what we refer to as the eight dimensions of wellness. And it's uh, discussions on, on fitness, um, your relationships, uh your financial fitness, right? How, how many of us have, have had that brother or sister, they get off probation and they take that big raise and they, and they buy a brand new house, uh, too, too big, too big of a mortgage or, or a brand new truck, too much in their house, you know, and next thing you know, they're, they're trying to make ends meet, signing up for every overtime or signing up for second or third jobs. And then they're struggling with their relationships, right? So it's that whole piece that we're trying to educate guys on, uh, the yoga thing, we've been doing that for a while. We have the nutritionists come out and, and cook with our guys a, a couple times a year. Um, and it's it's the whole package. The one thing I, I'll mention, and it's so important to me, is is that this program, no different than the rest of our programs, are are, are voluntary for our guys to sign up. You don't want to you don't want to meditate. You don't want to this, uh, you know, go down this path. No problem at all. No problem at all. Whatever it is we can do to support you. We just want to offer this up as a tool for your toolbox. Cool. Yeah, you know, and and when you when you because we're saying we're saying that, like this this is this is a new day in the fire service and, and it certainly is. I, I, I'm always doing some sort of research for something. I, most of the time, it's leadership type stuff, or I'm reading books on bad fires that I never heard of before. After 48 years, I'm still learning about fires, but. Uh, the, the, one of the, the, the things that I read in, in leadership and all this other stuff was that it says train the whole person. 
You know, somebody's quoted in one of the books that I read, train the whole person, you know, and not just to the incident, but through the incident, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, just when you think about that, train the whole person, you know, that it makes a lot of sense, you know, the, 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 you know, mentally, physically, socially, all that stuff, you know. And, and, and I think at the end of the day, I mean, for me, I think we'll have it, we'll have a better, healthier, mental, mental, healthier, physical, healthier, and all around better fire service and, and better firefighters who, who can deal with things better than, than we did in the past, who will live healthier lives, who will, who will be, you know, uh, you know, uh, hopefully disease free and all that other stuff. So this sounds like, like a great opportunity for us to, to turn the ship, you know, and it's, and it's, it's going to be quite the turn. Like, like I always use, it's going to be like turning around an aircraft carrier. You can't throw your arm over the seat and get the wheel. You know, you, you turn around an aircraft carrier. It's going to take a little doing, like they say, you know, calculated, slow, you know, evolution, not revolution kind of stuff. So, but I, I think it's the right direction. I, 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 you know, kudos for me to you guys for, for doing all of that stuff. It sounds good. Really and I, I think it's, uh, you know, you just said it. It's, uh, there's so much that we're trying to do, whether it's the, you know, the on-scene decontamination, right? Just just wiping down the, the soot, you know, bagging up our gear and cleaning that and putting on the second set of gear, um, you know, reducing the, the, the stuff that we have in a firehouse, you know, leave, leaving it out in the bay, uh, the apparatus floor. Um, you know, we, these little things that, Unfortunately, the three of us aren't going to be around long enough to see if they worked. Uh, we're just trying to give them as many tools as we can to, to keep them healthy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and but you know, and, and all those little things I think add up. Yes, it adds up. You know, let let's let's you know, start with with you know no turnout gear past this door. Remember that we started maybe that was ten years ago we started. No, you can't wear your turnout gear into the back room, in the kitchen, in the day room, in the bunk room. Don't bring your gear in the back room. It's a bad idea. Yeah. And now it's evolved into, into what we, you know, gross decon at the scene, take your gear off, whatever, you know, wipe your neck, you know, while, while, while they're, they're throwing a second bottle in, in your harness, wipe your neck down, change out your hood, put some, it can't hurt. That's for sure. That's what I always say. Like it might not help, but it's not, it's not going to hurt you, you know, to, to change your hood and, and, you know, and wipe your neck off. So big deal, you know, going to a two hooded system, you know, they're, they're cheap enough, frankly. So I, I think we're heading in the right direction. I tell a lot of young people I run into today, whether it's some teaching or in a seminar or whatever, I say, you're coming in the job the best time in the history of the fire service because there's a deep interest in you personally and you surviving healthy for 30 years and coming out the other side and having a long retirement so you can watch your grandchildren grow up and go to their weddings and stuff. So, uh, so, so I said, so when, when they're telling you to do this stuff, do it. You know, don't, don't try to be a big shot, you know, just, uh, you know, he, heed the lessons. Like Tommy always says, we've got to heed the lessons learned in the past. And we weren't that lucky. So, and, and, and we, and I also tell them it's, it's our generation's responsibility to try to lick this thing now so you can have a, a better future, you know, and I, and, and I think we're doing it. You know, I think we're doing it. There's a lot of people out there running with the banner, you know, the Billy Goldfeathers of the world and stuff about, you know, and Frank Liebs of the world and, and, and saying, Hey, you know, we, we didn't have the luxury of the knowledge and we didn't have the, the ability. And if we did hear about it, it was like we didn't have the ability to absorb it. We just it was easy to say, nah, we don't need that. So it's Mike, I realize you're under a time crunch. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough uh, for coming on. It's good to see your smiling face. Uh <laughs> You know, and you're a prolific reader the way Ron and I are. Uh, just curious, what do you 
what are you looking at these days? Uh, well, one one that I think that you guys would really really like is a is a book called Outlive, Outlive, by Peter Atia. And uh, you know, want to talk about uh, as I always say with our with our retirement, my goal is to exploit my pension. I want to take a lot more out than I ever put in. Atta boy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about uh, not only longevity, living a long time, uh, but health span. How how, uh, how healthy are we at the end when when it's time to uh, be on the wrong side of the daisies? And um, it's it's a really good book. Talks a lot about uh, eating well, uh, good physical fitness, all the stuff that Ronnie was talking about. Uh, good mental health as well. So it's a it's a fascinating book. Sometimes it's a little deep on the science, but uh, it's got some really good takeaways. So I encourage you guys to check that one out. Cool. Well, and I, I encourage you to uh, keep paying into the Colorado pension so I can continue to be a drain <laughs> on it. Attaboy. I, 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 hate, I hate to be a stick in the mud when it comes to books because that, that one sounds pretty good. But I just finished reading uh, uh, Murtagh Murphy and, and Tracy's High Rise book, the new High Rise book they just published. It's and I will tell you, it's a six hundred pager, and I read it. and And I will. This is the quintessential book of the ages for high rise, absolutely. And and here's here's the key to what they did, Mike. Yeah. They wrote it and telling a story. It's not written like a textbook. They told a story. They narrated the high rise challenge, the what they call the vertical challenge in the book. They narrated it. It was like reading a Patterson novel, man. It was dynamite. They did an incredible job. These guys. Love so it. Highly recommended. Highly recommended for, for high rise. Thanks for that one. I wrote that one down. So always enjoy yeah. talking with you guys. Hey, I just got to throw this out. Uh, you guys have my my uh, email. Please feel free to share that with uh, with the viewers. I'll send you a couple links, Ronnie. Feel free if uh, that's something worth. Uh, if you guys want to share that with the viewers as well, but anyone can send uh, send me an email if they have some questions about what we talked about. I'm happy to share anything that we've done. Great, super. Thanks for coming on with us, Mike, and uh, good luck. Feel good and be safe. Take care. Good seeing you, brother. I like doing something different once in a while, you know? You know, Mikey's such a, a great guy, and, and I don't know whether you've ever listened to him speak, but uh, aside from uh, you, uh, he is probably one of the best instructors that is out there. And if you ever have a chance to uh, go see anything that he's putting on, it's definitely worth the trip. I, I For some reason, I think in, in my 35, 35 trips to FDIC, I'm thinking I probably caught him once. I'm thinking I caught him once, you know. Can't remember when or, or what the subject was, but I, I'm thinking he's been around for a couple of days, more than 20 minutes, like we say. So I'm sure I caught him once. But, but for, for lack of remembering... If and what if and what I did, well, I I agree with you, and and he's 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 actually he's he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life, and and he's sincere, he's true, he's passionate about the fire service, uh, he plays the damn pipes, he wears a skirt, the whole bit. So uh, you got you got to love Mike West, Mike West from West from that West. I love it, love it. But uh, thanks so, for reaching uh, out, thanks for bringing him in. Uh, my pleasure. With the fourth coming up, Ron, what are you guys doing in the city to gear up for fireworks safety? Well, may the fourth be with you. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, um, the, the the legal displays are well covered. 
the, the big one on, on the 4th of July is sponsored by Macy's and they've been doing that for 40 or 50 years. And when I was back in, in the bureau in, in the eighties, I handled all of that. I was the fireworks uh, boss. Uh, today it's, we got a lot more people in it. We've got a lot more work to do. So our explosives and entertainment unit, that's what they're called. EEU explosives and entertainment. Uh, they have a, a team and they, they, they pull other people from the bureau and who have been cross-trained in fireworks and pyrotechnics. And so now the last two days and the next two, they'll be loading the barges, uh, down in Brooklyn, uh, uh, for the Macy, the big Macy show. And, uh, that, there you go. See? There you go. There's the explosives unit uh, logo with the uh, Wiley Coyote trying to trying to blow up the uh, the Roadrunner there. Did I send you that? Yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure. And and so uh, yeah, so we, we got a we got a very well trained, well tuned team that will uh, take care of that. Any other, any other public displays that go on through the city, unfortunately, the illegal stuff we don't get involved with a lot. That's really for the police to take care of as good as they can. But around this time of the year. Illegal fireworks is like the drug trade all year around in New York City. It's profitable. Uh, it's 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 too it's so it's tempting for the, for those people who want to sell. It, you can drive up and down the streets in Manhattan, and it, the trunks are up, and they're just selling stuff out of the trunk. So, uh, with all of that, yeah. So, it, and, and it's traditionally the Fourth of July is the busiest day of the year for the fire department. The busiest day of the year. So, um, so that that's kind of where we're at with with that. There. Um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything. There's a couple of other shows around, but not on. I think I don't think they do anything on the four on the fourth, <clears throat> other than the Macy show itself because it's that big. We got barges, you know. There's a batch of barges in the river, and there's a command center set up and all of that stuff. So uh, I did post. I did post on fire engineering this month. Uh, fireworks season. Are you ready? And it's not just for the fire prevention people, but for the line as well. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. That the line, that you guys on the lines, you got your scanner on? Yeah, they're calling. They got a brush fire going up north. They're just calling for uh, air attack right now. Air so, attack. Uh, <laughs> that, that's uh, that's different where I work. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's, and I got to tell you, it's kind of a rush to call in air resources. Uh, I, I I bet I bet you I bet you did that a couple times in your life, right? <laughs> So uh, sure enough, uh, uh, they uh, we, we we're prepared. We got we got the right people in the right spot, and uh, hopefully we'll have a what the, the fireworks industry calls what they say around this time of the year is when they, when they see you or talk to you or hang up, they say have a safe and sane Fourth of July. That's their saying. Have a safe and sane Fourth. And then John Hall at the NFPA said fireworks are neither safe nor sane. <laughs> Many years ago, John Hall said that at NFPA. They're neither safe nor sane, but we'll keep going. And uh, I still teach, I still teach my fireworks course in, over in New Jersey to the fire officials. But to take a look, if you get a second, folks, go on to fireengineering.com under commentary or features. I think it's one or the other. They keep bouncing it back and forth. But it says, "Are you ready for fireworks season?" Give you a background on some of the things they should and shouldn't be doing on the firing grounds. And what the contractors should be doing, the pyrotechnicians, and all that kind of stuff. And just uh, most importantly, I'll leave you with this for the subject. If you're on a standby at a display, display's over. They ask you to put up your light tower, maybe to light up the field to help them search for duds and that kind of stuff. It's okay. You can line up, walk it. If you find something, keep your hands in your pockets. Call the pyro guy over and say, you got a dud laying here and let them take care of it. Don't pick anything up. 
Do not pick anything up. Even if you see a half a shell casing, oh, this is a nice souvenir. If you don't pick anything up, then you'll tend not to pick anything up. Hopefully that makes a lot of sense. So keep your hands in your pockets. You want to cut your pockets out and play pool while you're walking around. We don't care. Okay, but don't pick anything up. Remember that that old thing, pocket pool? We used to talk about that all the time. <laughs> I just reminded Tommy of something very old. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's okay to help. Just let the pirates do that. Those guys, they know what they're doing. They, you know, they're not going to pick up a dud shell. They're going to come over with a long-handled shovel, and they'll pick it up with that because they want to keep their hands for tomorrow, too, just in case the damn thing goes off. Okay. So other than that, have a safe and sane fourth, like they say. <laughs> I, uh... I was a little disturbed uh, earlier in the day. You're more than a little disturbed, but go ahead. <laughs> I like to, uh, you know, do a little bit of research uh, before we get on the air and, and have uh, things to talk about. And, you know, highway operations basically scared the shit out of me. And uh, yeah, I see more and more examples of stuff going on out there on the highway that makes me wonder why we're out there at all. But uh, there was a recent incident in uh, Pennsylvania where a fire department was operating along the highway, and apparently the tractor trailers that were passing the fire scene were going a bit fast for the uh, firefighters to feel comfortable with, and one of them took off his helmet and threw it at the windshield of the truck that was going by, and apparently it shattered the windshield. I can understand wanting to do that, but uh, in this instance, uh, the firefighter who threw the helmet is being charged uh, for a misdemeanor, and uh, I imagine it probably pissed the Pennsylvania State Police off that uh, that, that happened, but it, it, there's got to be a better remedy to trying to fix some of that stuff than uh, creating additional damage on our part uh, to try to get our point across. Yeah, I, I agree. That, that's 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 a feel-good moment for 10 seconds. That's all that is. That's yeah. 10, he, was, he was pissed off. He did it. And, oh, yeah, up yours, buddy. And now, you know, now that that whole 10 seconds is over real fast, and, then, and now he's got the ramification of it. But, you know, I, I, we always preach, you know, Tommy, you and I and, and, a, and a bunch of our colleagues, we always preach. You got to take the high road, man. You really do. And no pun intended. We're talking about highways, but you really got to take the high. You got to rise above that shit. You know, at any at any event, if there's a law in Pennsylvania that says move over or slow down at a certain speed, okay, you clock that guy and take his take his license plate number and give that to the trooper and say this yeah. guy came through the scene at 65 miles an hour. This is bullshit, and let them track him down. But doing that is not a good idea. I mean, that, where, how, where where about was that? Do you remember? I'd have to go back and uh, pull the uh, the blurb that I read. I can't remember which part of the state it was in. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. But uh, we were on a highway once in North Plainfield when I was doing my volunteer thing in New Jersey, and uh, we 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 had traffic backed up six o'clock at night, two nights before Christmas. It was like the twenty third, and the people were freaking out. Everybody's trying to get their shopping in. It's like six seven o'clock at night. We got an accident. So we finally start to clear, and this guy comes through with a box truck, like a 16-foot box truck or a 24-foot box truck, and just really, I mean, this this close. It was so close to our guys, you know. So one of the guys, we, we were throwing Speedy Dry. He had a bucket in his hand, like a Home Depot bucket. 
and he let it fly, but it hit the side of the truck and bounced back and hit one of the guys, of course, right? But he just threw the bucket at hey, you, you know, he called him a name, and and so nobody got hurt, and you know, and that kind of stuff. It didn't really matter, but throwing your helmet through the windshield of a truck is not a good idea. I mean, it's just yeah. I can't support. I, uh, I, I would be tempted to say that it probably did slow him down. I well, I yes, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But but I guess, like I said, there's ways to do it. There's ways to do it, and and at that point, uh, I, I don't know what the rules are, what the laws are in Pennsylvania. And frankly, you know, I, I travel through Pennsylvania a lot. My daughter lives there. That's my route to Emmitsburg and back. I mean, I've been I've been on 78 or the Pennsylvania Turnpike a million times, and I don't want to exaggerate, but it's at least a million. Okay, <laughs> but but. When there's an accident or, or there's whatever's going on, the PennDOT gets it. PennDOT's fantastic. They get out there. They start setting up signs 10 miles out. Accident 10 miles ahead. Slow down. Five miles. Three miles. They got the signs going. Moved over to the left. Start moving over now. And then the fire police are usually out there from the local volunteer companies. And they do a great job doing blocking, you know, block and all that stuff. So, so I, they, they normally do a great job protecting their people out there, you know, and they, they've had their problems, but they, they're trying real hard to remedy that, you know. So I, I'm, I'm not sure what's, what, the, what the guy – well, I'll say I don't know what he's thinking, but I guess he wasn't thinking, you know. You know, it just kind of amazes me that, uh, you know, I think it's becoming more commonplace for us to uh, use apparatus for blocking uh, doing the highway operations, yeah. it just amazes me the number of people that run into that apparatus. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, do you remember about, about shit, it's got to be 15, 20. I always think it's last year, but I know how fast the time's going now, so it's probably 20 years ago. But on that, I remember reading an article in, in one of the mags about a chief. Who, his rigs were getting hit every two weeks. He had, a, he had a piss out of service every two weeks. It was here, three major highways, somewhere in the Midwest, he went over to DPW in the town, and he asked them for a dump truck. You got a dump yep. truck I can borrow? And they said, we're getting rid of uh, old Bessie over here. We got a new one. He took it, had it painted, put 100 yellow lights on it, and made that his blocker. And he said, yeah. if they hit it, I don't care. You know, and it's a dump truck, so you take your chances if you want to hit that thing. That's like hitting the tank. And and he's and that was, a to me, and I like they had a they had to do a transaction on the book, so he paid a thousand bucks for it or something from DPW. Yeah. Paint job, some lights, and he called it LS One, Life Safety One. They put a name on it, and go ahead, run into that if you want. I don't care, but he 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 had pieces out of service. Consistently had an engine or a truck out of service because it was getting hit on a damn highway. I thought that I thought the dump truck remedy was dynamite. The chief was thinking. Oh. Just when you think uh, we haven't had enough issues with uh, vehicles, uh, there was a, a, another piece I read about robo-taxis. And uh, I believe it was in San Francisco. And apparently these vehicles don't recognize emergency lights or fire line tape or anything else. And, and they're, they're, you know, people running out of the way when they show up. Same and, as Apparently, there's been a couple incidents of them uh, pulling right up to the back end of a piece of fire apparatus, not hitting it, but just stopping dead, not being able to do anything with them. Oh, my God. That's Say it isn't so, Thomas. Say it isn't so. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, who would have uh, 
believed that we'd be dealing with stuff like that. Uh, I'm telling you, so man. So the I, other thing I, I saw, the, the uh, line of duty death that occurred back in uh, Rockland County when uh, Jared Lloyd uh, lost his life uh, in that fire. I guess there was a plea deal that was cut by the Rockland County District Attorney's Office that had the firefighters pretty upset. The uh, the two ra- the two rabbis that were koshering the kitchen uh, in there uh, apparently they're looking at probation uh, instead only, of jail time. There's only three happy people in Rockland County right now: the two rabbis and their attorney. That's it. Yeah, the, the county executive went on went on on record. The prosecutor went on record. The fire chief, all the firefighters, the cops. Nobody's happy with this. These guys pled guilty to felony manslaughter, not just plain old manslaughter, felony manslaughter, and 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 the the the, the judge just slapped them on the wrist. They killed two people, one of our one of our guys, one of our brothers, and 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 a, a resident of, of the old age home burnt the damn building down. There's no building there anymore, and he slapped them on the wrist with a fine and some probation. So that there ain't nobody happy up in Rockland County right now. It's it's not good, man. It's really not good because no, uh, to me, that, that, the message, the message is to the two families that lost their people. Well, too bad. <laughs> That's the message. Too bad. Yeah. You know, and and they 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 interviewed Jared Lloyd's mother on the radio, you know, local right. news here in New York, and she said, she said our our holidays are 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 uh, uh, kind of taken up with going to the cemetery to visit Jared. And those folks, when they have their holidays, they're going to be singing, dancing, and and eating. She says that's not really fair. And on top of that, for the, for the kicker of the, of the interview, she said they didn't even apologize. They didn't even say we're sorry. They showed no remorse, no remorse at all. So it's it's been it's pretty ugly up there. And and I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to. I mean, allegedly it's over, but I don't know. I don't think the story is going to end right here. You know, I mean, I'm thinking no. she's. She's got to be going civil lawsuit at this point because they caused the death of a son. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm thinking they're going to go civil on us. You know, you know, and uh, as much as uh, we try to remain apolitical with some of that stuff, uh, that district attorney, I'm sure, is an elected position, and right. uh, in, in areas where the fire departments have been well established, they tend to be a political force. Yes. Uh, if this guy's planning on getting reelected, uh, guess what? Yeah, you've screwed up big time. Well, you know what? I I I think from what I've heard and what I've read, the DA didn't do too bad. It was all up to the judge. You know, the judge made the decision. So the the, the real kicker is if the judge is is elected by the people, he's probably done. He's finished. Yeah, because yeah, there's nobody's going to put that guy back in the seat. I don't know how the judges get selected. You know, or, or what's kind of circuit he's working under. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it was really terrible. I, I'm driving into work the, last week, and they, they're talking about the verdict and this and that. I'm going, are you kidding me? I'm yelling at the radio 530 in the morning, you know, saying, are you what? Are you out of your mind? You know, that kind of stuff. So, But it was on it was on the news for three or four days, you know, when they were interviewing, they interviewed the firefighters and everything else. And so, yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. That, that's it's that's bad for our biz. It, it's, and it's, I think it's just bad for society all around. And I'm looking to see – Innocent people go to jail. I'm not looking to see these guys go to jail because they're rabbis. It has nothing to do with that. They yeah. pled guilty to felony manslaughter, 
and they're not paying it. They're not paying it back to society. They just they pay a fine and they're on probation. So I don't know, man. I, 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 uh, this stuff's kind of, excuse me, I dropped something. This stuff kind of, kind of blows my mind once in a while. But, you know, I did want to throw something. I meant to do it when Mike, I know Mike was, he, he was on a, a tight time schedule and he had a meeting, but, um, we got something else going on in the job now called MPI. It's called the Mental Performance Initiative, and it's job-wide. And uh, I, I've, I've sat through two or three sessions with these with a couple of captains that are going around doing this. We, we actually just did a, a leadership academy for the, for, the, for the dispatchers. It was for the supervising and chief dispatchers around the city at their training center in the Bronx. And uh, I was asked to come in and do a leadership shtick. But when I got there early, these two captains were doing the MPI with the supervising dispatches, about eight or ten at a time. And and it was so good. It was so good. We just set up our semester for continuing education for the fall for fire prevention. I have them coming to do an MP, a four-hour MPI class for our people. And really what they do is it's about stress. It's, it's just about all centered around stress. Work life, home life. They even... You know those little um, what the heck do they call them? But when you go to the dock, they have the uh, the O2 analyzer they put on your finger. Yeah, they got like three dozen of those. They hand them out. Put this on your finger. Take your numbers. Now we want you to close your eyes and think of something that really pisses you off and gets your heart rate up. And then they get the heart rate up. Then they call them up. They do. I forget what they call it because we've done it also. But they got a bucket of toys and and things that aren't toys, but like it could be a bent piece of metal. And you pick one out of the bucket blindly, and you got to talk about it for five minutes, you know. And they and you see your stress level going up, and your heart, you know. So they huh. spent this whole little session about mental performance, you know, and and how you can you need to lick your stress, and you need to kind of kill it because it'll take you down, as we know. Uh, whether it's home, whether it's here, they, they talk about you know what are your hobbies, you know. One, one guy's a hunter, and one guy's a fisherman, and you know, one guy rides his Harley and, and it, really cool. So I, I, I booked them for a four-hour session for our upcoming uh, continuing education program in the Bureau, and we're going to see how that goes. It, it was I, to, I thought it was interesting as hell, and, and these, these two captains got it down pat. I mean, they really got it down uh, 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 to, to do it, you know. It's, it's kind of it, – they kind of take a, uh, a, tough, a, tough, a subject that can be tough or serious, yeah. and they make it fun, and, they, you know, we have chats, and there's a couple of yucks and that kind of stuff, so – so they're doing this called, called the MPI, and they're doing it around the job. They're doing it around the job now. So it's kind of neat, kind of neat. Um, what else do I have written down? So, so we're, we're, we're about 50 minutes into our hour here, and neither you or Mike mentioned the two words that give me one of these right now, which is lithium-ion batteries. So I wanted to thank you for that, but I bet that was on your list. <laughs> He's showing it on the camera. I had uh, <laughs> I, I was reading uh, uh, Billy's uh, secret list and firefighter close calls and uh, he had mentioned a couple things uh, and I think uh, there was four killed in the last fire you guys had lithium ions on and uh, unfortunately this occurred during the week for safety stand down and uh, the safety stand down deals exclusively with the, the lithium ion battery problem. And, right. and I, I, it's another one I don't have a good, uh, a good answer to is, and 
correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Ron, uh, a lot of that has to do with the, the charging systems for those things, does it matter? It, it 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 does in the sense of the fact that they're using it's 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 not unlike anything else that you buy in, in this arena. When you buy a, a new Apple iPhone, they tell you in the instructions, use the Apple charger for your phone. Don't 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 buy it because the charger and the battery and the phone are in, are compatible to each other. So what's happening is the crux of it is it's not necessarily the charger. It's the it's the fifty dollar knockoff battery that they're hooking up to the charger. That's what they're doing. So they're, they're they're rebuilding batteries which they're not supposed to. They're getting knockoffs from overseas from different countries, and they're reconditioning them and they're not supposed to. So they had it. They had a, a, a inspection slash raid yesterday, also four blocks from where the fatalities were, also in Chinatown. And now our guys are there. Our guys are at the tip of the spear right now. We we got a chief inspector and a task force. And they pulled in the marshals and, and a little bit of hazmat and sometimes the building department because they get the buildings given vacate orders to get out of the building. So now they go to this place, they get a tip on, and it's 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 a mess. It's a mess. And, and I got Tommy, if I tell you, I've seen hundreds of pictures from the last eight months of places they've been to where they got on charge with, with outlet strips and extension cords. They're charging 150, 200 batteries at a time. Wow. I mean, just yeah, it's nuts what's going on. So they go to this address uh, near where the fire was, and sure enough, it's loaded. So they start writing. Guys take out summons. They call the battalion chief. He calls for hazmat. They're going to confiscate. The, one of the firefighters from hazmat is carrying a battery out of the building, and it goes on fire while he's carrying it. It starts, wow. to, it starts to run away while he's carrying the damn thing. They had a drum outside. with uh, They're using this material called cell block. And that's Kazmat's carrying this stuff now. It's the only thing that can encapsulate these things and make them hope, hopefully go away. And he dropped it into the barrel of cell block. So it, the damn thing went on fire while he was holding it. I mean, it was wow. – the, the reason why he took it out of the building was because the the, the body was cracked or it was a, a, a reconditioned or a rebuilt or there's duct tape wrapped around it. I mean, this is what they're doing here. So uh, it's it's we always keep we keep saying the last six months it's going to get worse before it gets better and it is it's getting worse you know the the bikes when you buy an e-bike you go to an e-bike a legitimate e-bike store you buy an e-bike they run about 12 to 1500 bucks for a nice one they come with a ul approved battery and that'll last however long you know however many charges it takes you know thousand charges or whatever and then eventually it stops pulling the charge you need a new battery that UL approved battery is 300 and change. Wow. And the, the guys that are using the e-bikes, they're delivering pizzas and Chinese food and DoorDash and all that. They're not going to take 300 bucks to put it down on, on, a, on a battery. You know, that could be three days pay. So they buy the $50 knockoff. Then they bring it up into the apartment. Then it goes on fire. And then we got another headline, Joe. And this is just, there's thousands of these bikes and scooters around. Thousands. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's going to get worse before it gets better. And then recently, they uh, they were on the politicians came on from Washington and said we're going to give New York City twenty five million dollars, and they're going to build charging stations for for these bikes at every NYCHA house, New York City Housing Authority complex. I think there's, I think I heard there was fifty or sixty NYCHA uh, projects, housing projects around the city, and. They're going to build these charging stations on outside the one of the buildings, and you can charge your bike up so you don't take it in the elevator and take it to your house. So the question is for me, 
if you live in NYCHA housing, and, and a lot of them, unfortunately, are in, are in really bad neighborhoods and, you know, crime neighborhoods, who's leaving their bike out in the street overnight? <laughs> yeah. I'm not. <laughs> those things, after they spend $25 million, those racks are going to be empty. No one's going to use it unless during the day, which when they should be working, those guys, they got to work during the day so they're using the bike. So I'm not sure when they're going to use it. Maybe they get home at 6 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night after the dinner rush. And they plug it in, and they're going to sit there for three or four hours till they can get it charged. And then what happens? It's charged. They're still going to put it in the elevator, bring it up to the apartment. Okay, so it's we're spinning the wheels here. So uh, I'm not sure. But yesterday, yesterday after they hit that other place that where they the battery went on fire with in the guy's hands, um, the fire commissioner was on. They did a big press thing, and she looked in the camera and she said, "If you continue to operate like this." We're going to find you, fine you, and shut you down. So she's she put she threw down the gauntlet. So the beat goes on, the beat goes on. So we're getting Great. involved from my end with with, uh, with education, training, and professional development. We got a call from like the small business uh, uh, group from the mayor's office. They want more education on the batteries. So we're giving them a training class next week because they go around to the businesses. To make sure that you know, hey, you got to be in compliance. Here's some brochures, blah blah blah. We want you to stay in business. So the small business uh, uh, group, I can't think of, of the rest of their acronym. It's SBS. I guess small business services. So we're, we're we're training them next week. We have a public fire safety education group. We're hoping to get them into the academy and give them the same message, and then maybe maybe train a, a cadre of backup instructors who can go out because there's going to be a point where the fire department is going to go on TV and on a website and say, if you want someone to come to your community group, Boy Scout troop, blah, blah, and you want to talk about this, we got people. And so we're trying to get ready and bulk up for that so we have the right amount of people trained with the same message. That's the key. One message in, yeah. one message out. Yeah, so that's where we're at, man. It's cool. At. And, and we did have a battery job yesterday morning and one last night again. No fatalities, but two more battery fires. So, so the beat wow. goes on. The beat goes on. That's what they yeah. say. So, uh, so I think our hour is about up, buddy. You, you have yeah. a roll, you have a roll call for tonight. Yes, I do. And uh, we were last on the air uh, back on May twenty third, and since then we've suffered ten line of duty deaths. On May twenty fifth, Kyle Osgood from the Farmland Fire Department in Farmland, Indiana. Uh, died uh, when a water tender rolled over. Uh, on 526, James Mueller from the Irmo Fire Department in Columbia, South Carolina, lost his life during a structural collapse. Uh, June 5th, Sean Daniel from the Georgia Department of Forestry in Dry Branch, Georgia, had a heart attack uh, uh, at a fire scene. On June 10th, William McHale from the Vermilion Fire and Rescue Department in Vermilion, Ohio, had a heart attack after training. On June 15th, Stuart Hunt with the Ancrum Fire uh, District in Ancrum, New York, uh, suffered an unknown medical event while on scene. Uh, June 21st, Brian... Uh, LaTrent from Bayville Fire Company Number 1 in Bayville, New Jersey, 
had a heart attack after training. Uh, June 22nd, Bobby Smith with the Ware County Fire and Rescue in Waycross, Georgia, uh, passed away after a vehicle collision. Uh, June 26th, Lloyd Rudiger from New Haven Burger Fire Protection District in New Haven, Missouri, had a heart attack uh, after a response to a fire. On June 27th, Hal Hankencraft from South Richard Fire Department in Defiance, Ohio, uh, suffered a uh, line-of-duty death from a pulmonary embolism. And uh, most recently, June 27th, Bryce uh, Troshbash from the uh, Naval District of Washington Fire Department in uh, Maryland uh, lost his life when they he fell through a floor at a structure fire. Again, you've heard me say it before, heed the lessons that these folks have left behind them and do not let their deaths be in vain and keep their families and the other survivors uh, in your thoughts and prayers. Thanks, Tommy. Uh, well, I, this wraps up another session up on the back step. Uh, we'll be back again someday, boys and girls. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, I, I saw a T-shirt the other day online. It was a picture of a firefighter, you know, kind of with his tools and his flames. And it said, I've been on more rooftops than Santa Claus. I love it. <laughs> I, might have, I might have to get one of those. Yeah, so he's been on more rooftops than Santa Claus. I kind of like that. But in the meantime, folks, uh, uh, stay well, be well, eat right, eat light, stop for red, use your head, hug your wife, hug your kids, hug, hug your other, hug your, everybody you love, tell them you love them and hug them tight. And, uh, and let's stay healthy mentally, physically, and let's keep going so we can all get together again at some event, whether it's next week or XDIC of 24 or whatever it is. And uh, with that, we'll say goodnight. Thank you. And I want to just a quick shout to uh, our producer, Mark Howe from Penwell Fire Engineering uh, Books and Videos. And it used to be Penwell. Now it's Clarion events, right? Clarion uh, Fire Fire Engineering Books and Videos. And our good friend, P Peter Perquilo who keeps everybody on a straight and narrow here in fire engineering. So uh, with that, Tommy will say goodnight to you, my friend, and uh, stay out of the smoke <laughs> like we're trying to do here. Duck the smoke. Right. Stay safe, everybody. Take care.